I needed to insert a little preamble here as I wanted to explain myself for the December episodes. The day before I went to upload episode 26, my app updated where I keep all my episodes. And little did I know when I went in the next day to go do my transfer to Dropbox and then my upload, I couldn't open my app anymore. So I went through a bunch of stuff and Googling and trying different things and eventually found out that there is a way to access, for some apps, access files on an app on your iPad from your computer. So I did all that. I synced them up. And the problem is my final version of episode 26 was, it turns out, wasn't there. I thought it was. The one I grabbed and uploaded turned out to be the one right before I had made my final changes. And my episode 27, which I had also finalized, was just gone. So, <laughs> so the episode 26 that went up, I immediately posted when I heard it and realized what went up. I immediately posted in my social medias the corrections and the thank yous because that was a part that I had inserted at the last minute and when I did my final corrections and that version is gone. I don't know where it is. Maybe one day I'll be able to open the app again and maybe they'll magically be there. But when I tried accessing my files from my computer, they don't seem to be there. So I have started re-editing episode 27 to make sure it's ready in time and everything. And that's what you're going to listen to now. Episode 26, I do plan on fixing as soon as I have the opportunity. And once I do get it completely re-edited, um, unless I magically manage to retrieve it, once I do get it re-edited, then I will be replacing the version that's up there now with the two corrections and the thank yous. So sorry. I am going to be learning my computer and hopefully beginning in the first episode in the new year, things will either go smoother or they'll be much worse. Please be advised that I am not an expert on any of the topics you will hear about in the following episode. If you have any comments, questions, corrections, or suggestions, please email them to livingthroughextinction at gmail.com. Also, I swear, I'm not like vulgar or anything, but I do tend to let the cusses slip out. Listener discretion is advised. Hi! Thank you so much for joining me for episode 27 of Living Through Extinction. I will be taking a break at this time each year, so episode 28 will be out on the second Thursday of January. Only one two-week period will be missed. I hope everyone out there has a Merry Christmas, a Happy Holiday, and a Happy New Year. One cannot have a skeptical segment on a podcast and not at some point talk about logical fallacies. A part of being a decent skeptic is knowing and recognizing these fallacies in other people's arguments. But just as important a part is recognizing and admitting when your own arguments may have been fallacious. A fallacy is a common error in reasoning that undermines logic. It consists of illegitimate arguments or irrelevant points and has a lack of evidence to support its claims. There are many fallacies and I will have more segments about them in the future, but for this episode I will cover three. So as opposed to last episode, this will be a shorter skeptical segment. The first fallacy is one I see on Facebook at least weekly, if not daily. 
If I were to make a statement that something Trump said was not true, and when asked how I know that, my response was, he's a misogynistic racist. That is not an appropriate answer to the question that I was just asked. This fallacy is called an ad hominem attack. With this fallacy, a person has nothing legitimate to say to back up their claims, so they stoop to attacking the person who made the claims. I'm sorry to inform you of this, but a fact is a fact, no matter how much we may like or dislike the person stating it. What I should be doing in this case is stating why what he said is not true, and how we know what he said was untrue, and I should cite references. To say someone is wrong because they are an asshole is just simply incorrect. Even assholes can be right about things. So that is an example of an ad hominem attack. Next I will explain the bandwagon fallacy. Put simply, if one were to say, Christianity is the real religion because it is the most popular. First of all, which sect of Christianity are you talking about because there are hundreds and they all disagree? Don't believe me? Good! Be skeptical and look into it for yourself. Anyway, the number of people who believe something in no way affects whether or not that something is true. That is just a matter of fact. The truth is the truth no matter how many people believe it and bullshit is bullshit no matter how many people believe it. Just because something or someone has been very good at pulling people in does not make it true in any way, period. Again, that is the bandwagon fallacy. The last fallacy I would like to discuss today is the straw man. Here's an example of a straw man from Ken Ham. He's in front of a large group of elementary students, and he asks them if they believe in evolution. But before anyone can even react, he holds up a large photograph of a monkey and says very quickly, Tell me, did your great-great-great-great-granddaddy look like this? Why is this a straw man? To strawman an argument is to completely misrepresent it in an effort to make it look ridiculous. In this case, Ken Ham strawmanned the argument for evolution, because nobody anywhere who understands evolution thinks that our great-great-great-grandparents look like monkeys. We understand the gradual changes that took millions of years. We acknowledge that there is a common ancestor way back, but that's it. The way Ken Ham tends to present evolution has nothing actually to do with evolution. He cannot refute the facts with anything legitimate, so he makes up straw man fallacies in order to convince his audience that the argument for evolution is silly. So, I have covered my first three logical fallacies. Feel free to let me know if you notice me making those fallacies, because yes, I do occasionally do so, and no, I don't always catch myself. Sometimes it does need to be pointed out. A survey in the EU called State of Nature has released some bad news. The vast majority of Europe's key habitats are currently either in poor or bad condition, and only one quarter of species have a good conservation status. To top it off, apparently vital species and habitats are continuing to decline. That's despite targets aimed at protection. Just under half of all bird species are thriving. That's a 5% decline in the last five years. The blame is put on intensive farming, which has resulted in agricultural pressures on nature. There has been discussion of rewards for farmers who take on more environmental initiatives, but some farmer groups are very much opposed to this. Unfortunately, even today, there is little to no sign of any improvement, and instead, a continuing deterioration of conditions just keeps going. 
Deforestation is threatening to wipe out a primate melting pot in Indonesia where unique primate habitats are located. The isolation of the area has allowed some animals to evolve in unique ways which has in turn led to an explosion of biodiversity. The specific forests being lost unfortunately include some hybridization zones which are key to the rich variety of primate life specifically. A hybridization zone is a region where closely related primate species interbreed and fuel the explosion of biodiversity. This occurs in very few places on Earth. The culprits of this deforestation are logging, the expansion of farmlands, and infrastructure projects, and these endeavors have been continuing since the 90s. Unfortunately, the protected parts of Indonesia are focused on higher elevation, and primates remain in lowland forests which are more easily cleared and farmed. Crucial habitats of a unique grouping of endangered primates are being cleared. And it really is too bad. Why do we people have to be so shitty? This episode, my last for the year, drops on December 17th, so I decided to look into Christmas trees. Chances are, if you are a tree person, you have one up right now. I grew up with an artificial tree that we used year after year. It never bothered me to not have a real tree in the house, but I know that's a super important part of the holiday season for some people. Beginning with artificial, I really did not find a positive other than not cutting a real tree down. I'm pretty sure most people get their real trees from tree farms these days, so those trees are replaced and the risk of improper cutting is greatly reduced today. The thing is, fake trees are made of PVC and steel and are adding to the current plastic problem especially since the plastic they do contain is not recyclable. They are often made in China and shipped overseas, so they have travel emissions on top of their manufacturing emissions, and they all eventually end up in landfills. A six-foot artificial tree has a carbon footprint equal to about 40 kilograms of greenhouse gas emissions. Real trees aren't perfect, but I think I've been convinced that they are the better choice, if you insist on having a tree. Okay. Some tree farms have a bit of a negative impact when they set up in places where they displace natural ecosystems. A poorly managed farm may also cause soil degradation, and in some cases, a lot of water is required, though that depends on location. Unfortunately, some also do use herbicides, pesticides, and fungicides that are potentially harmful to the environment. Also, single-use anything does not sound good to most people today, so why do so many still use a tree for one holiday season and toss it? Well, when it comes to real trees, I believe the positives outweigh any of the negatives by leaps and bounds. When from a tree farm, we are talking about a crop, a renewable resource, and they replant every single tree they cut. The trees on the farms are cleaning the air as trees do. Tree farms also create local jobs, reduce pressures of forest exploitation, and, when run properly, can actually create good habitats for different species. And if you, as the end user, properly dispose of your tree, it could end up with negative emissions. Check with your municipality to see what your options are. In New York City, they collect all the trees every year for something they call mulch fest. The mulch from these collected city trees is used in public parks to enrich the soil and even to prevent erosion in some places. This is a great example of how your tree can have a negative emissions impact. New York is doing it right. Hopefully everyone there knows about and takes advantage of this service. 
A Christmas tree takes about a decade to grow, and approximately 33 to 36 million are produced and cut each year in the U.S. Yet despite this, and all of the bad effects of artificial trees, it turns out they are not as large a part of the problem with holiday-related emissions as I thought they were going to be. In fact, their effect is considered minimal when compared to travel and shopping. Next year, I will have to remember to talk about the impact of holiday travel. That is apparently where emissions go way up, up, up. I still do want to do better with trees, though, and I did learn a lot. I already have an artificial, so it's my understanding that I should use it for as many years as I possibly can. The responsible thing to do when it comes time to buy a real tree is to find a tree farm close by. That way travel emissions are also minimized. When disposing of that tree, I will have to check with my local area for tree pickups to ensure it's properly recycled. And all that's if I just don't decide to forego a tree altogether once we're done with the reusable. My final opinion on this is if you insist on having a tree but still want to do what is best for the environment, buy real, buy local, and recycle your holiday tree. I have a few rather strange things that make me happy. One of those things is my dice collection. Yes, I am a grown-ass woman with a dice collection. I've just loved dice since I was young. I'd see a cool color or pattern or set and have to have it. I've got giant dice and teeny teeny tiny dice. I've got sex dice, harm dice, trap dice, poker dice. I've got a collection of six-sided dice with different things for dots, like hearts, Mickey heads, skulls, alien heads. I even have clear six-sided dice that each have a solid-colored six-sided dice inside. So you roll once and read both. I have a whole bunch of those super heavy iron die dice. Those are the coolest, of course. I should post pics of them. Every one of them is different. Then there are the round six-sided dice. They are weighted with a cube on the inside, so they stop rolling with a number straight up every time. Oh, I have a six-sider that instead of a one on the one side, it has don't touch my dice. I like that one. I've got solid wood carved dice about two inches in size and another set much, much larger. Of course, I have the standard D&D dice, as well as a hundred-sided, just because. And I have this little clear wiener dog with two tiny dice inside of it. You shake the dog, put him down, and look at the roll. When my kids were small, I came across a large, blow-up 20-sided dice at a game shop, and that was amazing. The kids were always with me, so my excitement about dice when we went to game stores totally rubbed off on them. It got so they would get excited if we were going somewhere, and they'd ask if there would be dice. If so, they'd be all, can we pick out a couple dice today? I was such a proud mom. Hell, my son even saved his own money and bought himself a tiny set of 18 karat gold D&D dice. The kids still do like dice, but not like when they were young. I haven't grown out of it at all, and most people I meet do not understand. You collect dice? How does one collect dice? Are they different colors or something? Oh my gosh, there are so many different shapes, colors, images, purposes, and ideas! I am a person who can be walking along and just be stopped in my tracks by a dice display. My dice collection makes me smile. And that is all I have for you for 2020. May your health and sanity continue to be replenished daily in 2021. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. Be safe, be kind, be respectful, be that light in someone's day. People are people, trans rights are human rights, black lives do matter. Oh, and please be skeptical, damn it. I hope you will join me in four weeks in a brand new year 
for episode 28 of Living Through Extinction. Nebraska to Texas, apocalyptic scenes as twisters tear through the southern 